Welcome to Tilth Talk Radio. Today we're going to talk about adaptive management and what does that mean. And we'll also talk about P trading a little bit. In our spotlight, we're going to talk about Enlist E3 Soybeans. A history minute, we got a little FFA information for you today. Cool beans, that's corny. We'll talk about some current events. And in You Applied What, Bill's going to challenge us on some N inhibitors. So... It's our second day of our quote-unquote polar vortex. We've had our coldest weather of the winter, and it looks like it's going to last two days and be done. Uh, negative 12 or so was the actual temperature I, I saw when I got up this morning. I think the high for today was single digits. So Winter's here, guys. Two days we can handle it, right? I think so. It's nothing. I talked to a couple farmers yesterday. They said, yeah, it's 26 in the barn this morning. We're good. We'll, we'll work yeah. around that. As long as it's not 26 days in a row, right? Right. Yeah, that's where the problem comes in. We can and, handle. And 36 for a high tomorrow. So we're going from yeah. negatives to above freezing. 40, 50 degree and then, swing. And then 8 to 12 inches of snow Monday into Tuesday. So is that you know, what we're, we're going to get the whole gamut now. Oh, the snowmobilers are out. I saw them. Heck yeah. Them. Yep, so. Yeah, they Trails are good or terrible? Um, they're all right. Some some clubs opened a little early, I think, this year, and they really they beat them up when it was a little soft. And it's going to take a lot to it's going to take a lot of snow and a couple uh couple uh you know trail groomer passes to get them cleaned up. But it's good that they're open. I mean, the, we go years without them having open or having them be open around here. So I was happy to get a ride in the other night. We went about thirty miles, so it's good. Sweet. Good deal. What are you riding, Max? Uh, I ride a 2001 Polaris Edge Super Sport. Sweet. Uh, what, what kind of CCs? Uh, that's a 550. Nice. So Max got us a little Valentine's Day gift here yeah, last thank week. You, Max. We yeah. talked uh, about the Michelob Ultra Pure Gold, and so Max bought us a six pack and donated his two cents toward uh, okay. converting six square feet to organic. So thanks, Max. Yeah, you're welcome. We got a taste test live on air here. There we go. I do the the bottle the ca- the bottle drop. Prost. Prost. All right. Well, that's definitely light beer. Yep. yep. That's that's. We got eighty five calories. Ooh, two and a half carbs. Can handle that, Matt. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, that's tastes like beer. Yeah, it does. It's pretty much right on par with what I expected. Yep, that's definitely beer. It is beer. Just checking out the back here. <clears throat> Certified organic by Octo. So that must be their certifying agency. Is it the same, I wonder, for beer as it is for... Like, is that just a... How, how many agencies are there? Like, is that a... Moses is the common one around here. Most yeah, Moses is the one. <coughs> Excuse me, that we see around here. Still shouldn't drink it if you're pregnant. Even if it's organic? Even organic. Hmm. Oh, yeah. The Oregon Tilth Octo or- Organic Certification in Sustainable Agriculture. So Oregon Tilth. That's tilth.org. That's the other. Oh, that's boy. the other Tilth. That's the yeah. other Tilth. Yeah. Uh, yep. We've run into that. The, As we are Tilth Agronomy, the, they are Oregon Tilth. The lesser Tilth, I think. Oregon's Tilth is a leading certifier, tilth. educator, and advocate for organic agri- So I didn't. They must. Obviously, this must be organic. 
in Oregon, and that's where the barley must come from. Yeah, I looked. They have the website on the back. Let's see if I can find it here. Ingredients from nature. <laughs> where else are the ingredients from? I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> They're from nature. So when people could, say, could oh, it says all natural, made from all natural ingredients, it's got to be healthier. You know, fat can be all natural and sugar can be all natural. It's still beer. Uh, creativity is also listed as an ingredient. Ooh, so it's in here. Uh, oh, I can crap. taste. I think I can taste the creativity. Uh, that's the bitter. In fact, I think the more I drink, the more creative I will get. Can you also taste the love? Less so the love. Yeah. But I mean, as light beers go. Probably on par with anything else. Yeah, pretty I average. I, I think it tastes pretty much the same to Michelob Ultra. Yeah. Like, I don't think there's Not much... a huge Mick Ultra fan, so it's the or same. Mi- I, I should say Mick Golden Light. Mick That's Golden. probably more what it tastes like. Well, when Mick I was Golden. at River Falls, half you know, half the oh, floor yeah, was Minnesota, half the Minnesota, floor was Wisconsin, yeah. and those kids, University Minnesota of, kids, are University all... of Minnesota River Falls? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, right. And those kids, they, they, are, they love the Michelob up there. Yep. It's... Around here, everything on tap is Bush Light and Miller Light. Up there, it's all. It is a Michelob. cool can with the like ridges in it. I don't know. Sorry, the tall skinny can too of the Ultra. Yeah, that's that's, that's cool. something. Yeah, definitely a a light beer. Yeah, I don't know what else to really say about it. I mean, it's not. Well, we can say we did our part. Yeah, we tried. We did our two cents. Put our two cents in. Give you my two cents. Six square feet, we're good. I don't think I'll have much other, any other forms of donation towards organic farming, so I'm glad I could do this. Not that there's anything wrong with organic. Nope, but, but. I don't, well, <clears throat> first of all, I don't know how many options there are near us, really, if you wanted to, you know, there's not a lot of guys doing it. So, and I, I can't afford to buy organic milk at the store. It would be interesting when they, they get done with this whole process to see where the acres are that they, they convert. Is it all going to be in one spot, or will it be It almost has to be in, across? Oregon, in Oregon, right? Right, that's be with Octo, yeah. yeah. I, was, I was wondering that. Where is the actual land going to be? Is it, you know, where are they going to have it? Is it going to be in Missouri, because that's where Heiser Bush is, or? Someone posed a good question to me the other day. Are they going to cut down, like, forests to create uh, organic uh, farmland? Like A is, lot of times that's, that's what, what happens. That's yeah. the easy way is, to is that really Is that really... Pr- Productive? Yeah, is that really? That are seems, we, yeah, are we really helping the environment that, that much way. at well, that point? Well, that, and that <clears throat> that cuts out the transition period. So I'm I'm guessing since it's transitioning, but I don't know because that's that's an instant organic type deal. That's why guys do it. It still is transitioning to farmland though, so they could right. I guess get get back. It would still work. I guess. Yeah, we'll have to find out if it costs 140 bucks an acre to uh, cut down trees. Go logging. Yeah. So, Max, you got this for us for Valentine's Day. How about Sierra? Did you get her some chocolates? You're going to um, go buy a $70 uh, Sierra and dozen I, roses today? Or no. What? Sierra and I, about two weeks ago, made the uh, first payment on a wedding venue. So Ooh. we did not celebrate Valentine's Day this year, which was pretty clutch. I'm not going to lie. Because <laughs> I was running out of time as it was. So, no, we... we uh, we didn't. Uh, we didn't really do much for Valentine's Day. She she did give me a card, so I should probably pick one up on the way home. But you know, we uh, we said no no spending the dollars. So I would advise against the dozen roses today, gentlemen. I made the mistake last year of going on Valentine's Day. 
Yeah, seventy four dollars. Dropped, oh, dropped yeah. yeah, at least probably close to a hundred on yeah. that. Yeah, I did not expect that. My my dad gave me probably the best example of what not to do on Valentine's Day one year. He came home and uh, didn't have anything for my mom, and uh, my mom kind of you know stormed around the house the rest of the night. And finally, my dad goes, "What is wrong?" And she goes, "You didn't give me anything for Valentine's Day." And my dad. Which I could tell this is the worst way to answer this. Goes well. I stopped at the gas station. They didn't have any flowers. What do you want me to do about it? And I was like, Oh, <laughs> wrong answer. <clears throat> at least pretend you tried. H- hugs are free all day. Yeah, yeah. every day, every day. Yeah, oh. it's funny. It's it's definitely definitely not the way you should go about it. So, no, it was it was nice that Sierra and I were able to hash this out two weeks ahead of time and say, Hey, we're not spending any money. We don't need anything. We. We just dropped our money. Yeah. yeah. Well, really, what do you need? It's, what do you need? It's an expression of love, right? Yeah. You're, you're yeah. getting married. married. So. What do you need $60 flowers for so they can die next week? Right. Pretty much. Or chocolates. I mean, tomorrow, all the Reese's will be on sale. Half. So. Go to Walmart tomorrow, half off. Half off. Oh, mm-hmm. Can't wait. Yeah. Can't wait. Bart's got me. <laughs> we need that drop tie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. Well, let's get into it. We're going to talk about adaptive management. So we've done a couple projects that qualify as adaptive management, just kind of finishing up on one and rolling into the next. So, Bill, this was your idea for a topic. Yeah. Let's get it. Yeah, I guess I going. have the most experience, don't I? So so we were approached, uh, I don't know, five, six years ago by an engineering firm out of Milwaukee uh, to partner with them in a wastewater treatment plant to uh, deal with farms, that we could have the farms do projects on their land to reduce erosion, reduce runoff, uh, reduce phosphorus delivery to lakes and rivers, and then that would in turn meet uh, the needs of the wastewater treatment plants. Uh, DNR is, is uh, per, you know, they are the permitting agency for the wastewater treatment plant, and they have uh, certain levels they have to meet. So instead of the plant building lots of buildings and lots of money and infrastructure they would trade with farmers to do projects. So that was the Silver Creek pilot project, about uh, 2,000 acres. And um, now we've, that has since expired, they decided that that project is good going full scale. So we're in the Schwabenon Dutchman Creek, which we have awesomely deemed ACDC, and um, that's about a 20,000. It rocks. Yeah, it rocks. 20,000 acres. So it has. So basically, yeah, we've we've done buffers. We've done conversion to CRP, which isn't the exact, um, you know, we're not looking to do that. The, the wastewater treatment plant isn't looking to just take land out of production, but, you know, there's some land out there that, guys are struggling with maybe let's try to do something else with it and and get paid paid to do it so um that's kind of what it looks like um cover crops is another one so yeah i i think the you know stream buffers and all that kind of stuff slowing down sediments probably makes makes some sense especially if you're you know rather than farming right up to the stream um and so besides Potentially taking out of production, doing buffers. What other kind of projects or practices have you helped establish? Yeah, so the big push is cover crops and no-till. That's the easiest one. Uh, There was one field in the Silver Creek um, that a farm ran 
Uh, it was like 200 acres, and it had a lot of slope to it. So, so and a lot of erosion. I mean, there was a lot of gullies in that field. So, instead of um, putting in like six or eight different grass waterways that would chop the field up, they actually decided to do a, like a wascob. So they built these berms, and then um, the water would drain to a inlet, and then it, there would be a pipe underground that would go to the edge of the field. So it'd get the water off, but we didn't have to have this intricate network of of waterways so we just did those and then we could farm essentially farm the field like we did we changed the direction of the way we farmed it but so that was an interesting you know change and and that's a specific i think i think it's unique that there's permanent things you can do and then there's year-to-year stuff like cover crops yeah you know that that we can do so that's what's really unique about this where you do field walkthrough um you use computer models to help you decide what's right for that field and, you know, in-field conservation-minded, you know, looking at that field to decide, well, what does this really need to help it? And then what kind of um, credits or phosphorus reduction would that give us? Um, one unique thing, Bill, do you, um, adaptive management versus P-trading, because um, they're different. Um, adaptive management would work that we'd have a baseline at the beginning and then there's basically a number that we got to get it down to at the end of the stream. So it doesn't matter exactly what you do or how you get there. It's just you got goal a goal in mind, and then you just got to monitor it, you know, throughout the term, whether it's 10 years or 20 years, um, and try to get it to that point. Uh, whereas P trading, you know, there's a trade ratio where so much phosphorus out, you know, from the they got to reduce, say, two pounds in a field versus that equals one pound, you know, to the to the wastewater treatment plant. And I always thought that was hard to get that trade ratio right and stuff. And P-trading, to me, they both have their places, but that one can be a little bit harder sometimes because you need a full, you know, a marketplace. And there's there's a different way to sort of trade that and what's the ratio and yeah, brokers you know, right involved yeah. and other things. Yeah. What I like about the adaptive management part of it that we're dealing with is the, that you talked about that, Todd, that flexibility, because we all know that farmers don't like to be boxed into something and they want to be flexible and have the ability to do what they need to do to um, make the rotation work, be profitable, all those things. So that's where this adaptive management kind of comes into play and even little things like um we call them caps cap uh, uh critical critical area planting and it's basically a like a drainage way in a field that isn't um deep enough to like do an engineering practice like a grass waterway but it really should have cover of some kind because so there you know there is some drainage and one way we really cheaply we thought about doing was okay a guy has a, a farm has an alfalfa field it's coming out of alfalfa. You know, normally we just throw the sprayer out there or the plow and we'd plow from end to end, right? Well, this is where we would do that, like we call it poor man's uh, CAP, where we'd, we just wouldn't spray that drainage area. So there was no money involved. Um, we just left what alfalfa and grass had grown and the farmer didn't have to do any work. It was, it was actually kind of cool. So if anything, it's a savings almost because you're not spraying chemical in those areas. Right. So you're you're saving a little bit on your the cost of your yep. application, yeah. And and we can throw them in our GIS programs, or the county can do it and pop them right in the sprayers that maybe the co-ops have, and they just automatically do it. So that worked out pretty good. 
So with that flexibility, would you say the adoption rate's been a little bit better um, by from the farmers, or is it still kind of a struggle to get them to buy into the program? It's crazy because um, you have those people that are, we call them first adopters or early adopters, you know, that, oh, I'm going to try that. That sounds cool. And then you got those guys that just won't, you know, they're just, for whatever reason, they're in their ways and they're not going to change and maybe... So yeah, there, I think Matt, it depends on the specific farm you get. Sure, um, the ones that are early adopters or mid adopters, you know, they get a lot of stuff done, and then you kind of slowly work at. Um, we found too that some of those late adopters or the guys that really don't um, want to work with us, it's um, they don't want to. It's that quote government payment. They don't want to take that government, and this really isn't like. There's no teeth to this. It's not a regulatory thing. It's just more we want to work together. Right. You're not getting the same oversight you would have with like Equip or some right. of those NRCS right. programs. So these, yeah. But these guys will do it on their own. Like they see what's going on and they're like, well, we don't want to take your money, which is weird, but whatever. That's their prerogative. But, you know, we'll do something that we see like the neighbor doing in the project. We'll do it on our own farm. So that kind of works out nice too. Yeah. And I think with... You know, having done nutrient management planning, and from from what I've seen, you know, we're we're already working on nutrient management, so it's just a way of enhancing that that process a little bit for us. And if the farmer's doing nutrient management, not that it's necessarily easier, but in some ways can can help them do practices that they wouldn't maybe have thought of themselves or thought they needed to do without bringing this in. So the cool part too is they the. Wastewater treatment plant's been taking water samples throughout the watershed for years leading up to this project and then throughout the project, and they're actually seeing the quality get better of the water. And um, they're doing, like, um, uh, species analysis of what's in the creek of, like, all these crazy... Um, sure, like biological. Yeah, biological. Types. That's yeah. what the word I'm looking for, all these shellfish and just other things and, like... The one guy that does it, it's like, I've never seen this many of this midge or whatever he calls them sure. um, in this area because it just doesn't happen. It's the water isn't clean enough. So. Which that would, if that's you cool could get the biological stuff, sometimes that's more important. You know, that's really the end goal. That's what to, they're, yeah, yeah that's their indicator. All that trying to get to, that in there. Yeah, good. Well, I think the biology of the soil too would change as you're you're doing some of these practices. You're hopefully building up uh, your soil to absorb more water, hold on to the nutrients. So getting less release, which is is a positive thing too, and a lot of that comes back to um, what, what we see in nutrient management and some of these other areas of you know building biological communities in your soil and through no-till and some of the other stuff. So um, it's an extension of, of other things we're doing in agriculture, but it helps kind of bring it all together. So that's, well, that's cool. Let's, let's face it, Max, what do you think? I mean, the goal is water infiltration, right? It's not water running off. It's get that water in the ground before it can run off and erode things, right? And that's where the things you're doing, like with cover crops and stuff, really help. Yeah, I guess, I guess kind of like you talked about just with like the early adopters is – and the and the mid adopters and all that, the way that works is like, as guys see these things working, and the last couple of years the big thing they see working is, um, 
that we ha- can get on fields earlier. I think to me that that seems to be a really big thing um, recently, and I think some guys are really starting to drink the Kool Aid on the cover crops, help us get that infiltration, and we can yeah. get on fields earlier. And I guess that was the thing the last couple years. And next year, what is it going to be that really help? That really trips the trigger of those guys that are still skeptical. Um, some of you're never. I think some of you're never just going to trip it. It's just always going to be hard. Yeah, well, and I think it, you know, when we first started doing some of this stuff before Adaptive Manage and all that other stuff, um, these early adopters are the crazy crazy guy, quote-unquote, in the neighborhood. And then when guys see it works, um, that's probably the biggest takeaway is, oh, maybe he's not quite as crazy, and I'm not going to do everything this guy does, but maybe I should try this one thing. If you can get him to try one thing, that can make a big difference on a farm rather than, you know, obviously the goal would be to, get the whole area to do it but if you can get them to try at least one thing different maybe that could make be enough of an impact yeah then i'd say the i'd say the other really big thing and maybe this is uh maybe this isn't that big a deal to some guys but i think the fact that with these programs you get basically free soil sampling Mm -hmm. and and relatively intense soil sampling too i mean it's a very intense uh sampling program that you guys are using bill right yeah yeah we're doing two and a halves on the the pilot on the full scale, uh, they're not focusing on as much soil sampling. I think in the end they'll do some, um, but it won't be as as intense as what we what but, we did initially. But, but a grower is still going to get free soil samples, essentially, correct? Because yeah. we're still trying to monitor that that phosphorus yeah. level. Yeah. I think that no on the on the full scale we're we're working off of old ones, but the the um, the pilot we did, yeah. The pilot you did? Okay. Yeah. So for those guys, that pilot program, that was definitely oh, yeah. a, a, a plus. I, I assume guys yeah. really were a fan of that. And oh, yeah. Yep. One neat new thing uh, with P-trading coming down the bill, um, there's a Senate Bill 91, uh, which when you look up the Wisconsin State Legislator, it's, uh, there's a lot of information, but it's extremely hard to read. Um, but when I met with Senator Robert Cowles about a year ago at this time, um, he was pushing this senate bill to basically create a clearinghouse for p trading so um, basically it's buying and selling water pollution credits through a central clearinghouse and looking at you know where the where the bill is and the little bit of remember that cartoon we watched where it became (laughs) i'm just a bill sitting on capitol hill so it looks like it's been (laughs) in a bunch of different spots and all over um, and right now it says placed on calendar, um, till like two eighteen. So next week sometimes to be seen by a committee. So I think he's still working on it. Um, the way it did sound at that time, he had uh, bipartisan support, which is always good. Especially um, these day, this day and age, right? Yeah. Um, but it kind of a neat way to, to use, um, working with DNR and, and some of the other things to create, you know, basically this way to to trade these credits um so a dairy farm or somebody could go on this clearinghouse and trade credits um and have a way to to communicate and and go back and forth and have have this p trading thing so kind of a bill that that we should watch yeah no i think between the two of them you know they they have similar goals of reducing phosphorus in the in the chain and that's something that I think we've realized is an issue, and and we want to make sure, um, as as a field, as agriculture, that we're we're staying on top of what's going on and and keep up with ways of doing it. So, and I think for me, I live along the Fox River, so every day I drive by, 
And if we get a nice rain, uh, the river turns brown. So for people who don't live along those kinds of things that don't see it every day, it might not be in the front of their mind, but Todd lived in a similar area a few years ago and you know, it's you see it every day when it rains. So yeah, one one thing that is neat with the program like this too is they're not just focusing on agriculture; they're focusing on stream bank integrity because a lot of that, especially even just the colorations coming out of a couple spots yeah. where the stream bank is eroding, um, they're focusing in on urban sites too and doing whatever they can um, for that because it's it isn't just an egg problem. Um, you know, we're part of that pie when they show it, but. It, it's everybody kind of just doing their part and getting a little bit better. Yeah, and I think it's agriculture. One thing with these projects is it, it shows we're trying to be a leader and and stay ahead of you know. Even though we're a part part of it, we want to make sure we're ahead of it and part of the solution as well. So, so yeah, peach rating and all that fun stuff. Now let's talk about our spotlight for today, and that is China approved. Corteva's Enlist E3 Soybeans. So China's going to take our Enlist beans. That's good Good news for trade. Yeah, with all the China stuff, I thought this was a, a good article to throw or a good thing to talk about. You know, have the these new E3 soybeans that we can spray 2,4-D, glyphosator, or uh, glufosinate, uh, Liberty. Liberty, yeah. That uh, be good to be able to get rid of right if we're going to plant them we want to be able to sell them so that's right yes six years in the making it's been we've been waiting six yeah. years for this approval so it's nice that it's finally uh finally here i think what is also neat is they did approve other ones was uh chrome corteva's chrome corn as well as uh, a soybean developed by bayer um and some other products so i mean it wasn't it was some canola some other things that they also approved besides the enlist soybeans. So um, really neat that way where they're going to take this stuff and make it a lot easier for harvest next fall. Did, any, did anybody check? Did we have a price rebound since these approvals went through or not? Yeah, uh, markets are still so scared still, of the coronavirus. It's yeah, corona. up and down. Yeah, it's, until, until actual buying and everything changes, I don't think there'll be huge, huge changes. Bill, I'm surprised this was in our cool beans. This qualifies, I think. Thought cool about beans. it, but... Um, you got a cooler beans? I got a cooler beans. Cool, uh, cooler beans. Cooler than, beans. That has nothing to do with beans. But cooler beans than soybeans. Yeah. Right. But I thought right. it was cool. All right. Let's move into our egg history minute. Always got to take a nice little break, listen to the banjo music. All right. Today's Egg History Minute, Wisconsin FFA Alumni Convention celebrates 40 years. So here in our area, our local past presidents are Ken Natsky from 1988 to 89 uh, from the Bondwell area, Denny Van Vreedy, 1994 to 1995 in the Freedom area, and Jerry Stefani from the Seymour area, 1998 to 1999. So uh, 1980, I guess that would make it, was when they... That was the convention. Started the convention, yes, but the alumni started before that. But the convention was is celebrated forty. I think last month they had their 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 fortieth. Their fortieth. Cool. Yep. And FF, FFA, I think, has been around since nineteen twenty eight. So they've was, had. Was that also one of our egg history minutes? The formation of FFA. I don't remember. It should thought, be. We'll, we'll bring it up. <laughs> All right, stay tuned next week. Uh, <laughs> that that will be the conversion from the future farmers of America, right? To yeah. the what they call themselves now is yeah that happened sometime in the nineties wasn't it probably. yeah probably yeah so 
just like Tilth Agronomy. We started in the 90s as Polinsky Egg. Yep, and, and now uh, transformed. Now we've, we've for all of you out there that like what you're hearing, uh, go to TilthEgg.com, uh, TilthEgg.com. And the other thing to look at is the NAICC.org website. That is the National Alliance of Independent Crop Consultants. So um, we pride ourselves on being independent and um, not pushing any product and just our service and go to naicc.org to find your local agronomist. All right. Thanks, Dad. So now we're going to do our cool beans and that's corny. So cool beans, cool beans, cool beans, cool beans. And today's cool beans is Americans are eating 32% more pizza than 10 years ago. So that's a lot of cheese. I ate 40 pizzas in 30 days. I had pizza for supper last night, actually. I so. did, too. <laughs> I did, too. I, I think we should have heart-shaped pizza for dinner tonight. I feel left out. I haven't had pizza in, like, a week. How a much? Whole, m- you went a whole week without pizza? Uh, yeah. It's been... Are you Papa Murphy's, it? you can get your heart-shaped for supper. Ten yeah. bucks? They always do the uh, the events, like the, the holidays. Uh, they have yeah. a Halloween jack-o'-lantern. Do they, Rocky, they have Rocky a, Rococo, I think, had a heart-shaped, too, probably right. pizza. Oh. So if they're if we're eating thirty two percent more pizza, that means we're eating thirty two percent more cheese. Yeah, maybe probably. Oh, yeah. You don't put yeah. pizza without cheese, right? I've never had one without cheese. Some I, kind of cheese. I'm I mean, sure you could. But I think I had. A, I think I did have vegan pizza once. Ugh. Um, yeah, that, that did not have cheese. That that couldn't have cheese no. if you're vegan. So yeah. It does seem like you get like a frozen pizza now, and some of the cheapo ones are like way less cheese. Like you got to add some to it. But uh, but in general, or or the cheese gun with a loft, and it's all on on one one side side. (laughs) versus the other. Or it sat in the freezer a certain way, (laughs) and all the cheese fell. I will say, our family, and it's not good, but we've gone to Walmart frozen pizzas and they're oh, like actually, their brand yeah they their brand. brand yeah oh. the the rising crust walmart uh great value or whatever not a big you know i'll stick with jacks yeah i mean they're they're actually really good tombstone ain't bad i'm thinking the home no, in the homegrown stuff the yeah. the jacks and i think they make tombstone in little shoot too correct uh, uh, right? i don't think sure. uh orbs orbs is local yeah orbs is um good. i that the pizza I had last night was the Brew Pub, which is an offshoot of Orbs. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's good. That's the cheesy one the that's lo- got the extra oh, cheese. Lots of matzo. Lots of matzo, yeah. Matza. Well, I, have a free, I won a free lots of matzo pizza at a hockey game a couple weeks ago. Sweet. A free lots of matzo and a two liter of Sundrop. I just got to go pick it up. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Perfect combo oh, that there. Is, whew, whew, that's a Valentine's night right there, Max. <laughs> Just, you got a date why, right why there. Why would you put that on air? How am I now? Now yeah, I can't no, surprise her. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Now honey, she knows it's she, coming. Honey, so, I got you lots of matzo pizza and Sundrop. She'll know immediately. She'll be like, "Those are your two favorite things." I don't even. I don't like either of those things. <laughs> Matt, throw this up on the website on Monday. Yeah. yeah. Don't do it right yeah. away. Do your boy a favor and uh, <laughs> delay the release of this because you know she's a dedicated listener. That she's. she's you just got to text her and, and tell her not to listen. Yeah. There's a surprise. Yeah. No, I. uh that was a good. That was definitely a good. Uh, you guys ever go to the gambler games? I've been to one, and they do chuck a puck. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yep. We, yep. We, ch- we chucked L puck. Nice, yeah, it was but awesome. that's what you win. It seems like it should be bigger than that. Well, it depends on you... which one you like land oh, on. Because yeah. there's like, got it. There's, got like it. there's different, different yeah. prizes. Yeah, and like yeah, the yeah. De- the dead center one has got a little bit more. I think. What's the puck smaller? cost now? A buck still? Or There's still a buck a puck. Yeah, buck a puck. Buck a puck. All right. So you got to throw your five bucks in the pot every time. Give her a try. Give her a try. You know. Cool so beans. Along with our cool beans, we also have our that's corny. And this week, it's our buddy Joaquin Phoenix yeah. who keeps keeps going. He's like the Energizer Bunny of of bad news. He just keeps going and going. I was and watching going. that live, and it just made, I 
my wife had it on the background that it's not Grammys, Oscars, that guy. And just the, when he won, I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. That movie looked kind of cool. And then when he started talking, and I'm like, oh, no. I, Do you I, have to go? Like, it was just like. I actually yeah. stopped watching it because I've I, seen his speech before and I figured. So this isn't the first time. You no, no. Oh, he was okay. the Golden Globes. Same deal. Oh. Um, that was the, he, the meatless and, yeah. and recognizing agriculture is an issue, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, yeah. And this is not his, his first rodeo when it comes to I, insulting agriculture. So I would just like to take all these people who are listening to him and think that this is, a, you know, all correct statements and he knows what he's talking about and say and like. Okay, so you listen to movie stars about agriculture. Do you also do you listen to mechanics about healthcare? Like, what's the di- where's the difference there? Right. But if I told you you should you should ask your mechanic about you know when your next physical should be, you would look at me like I'm crazy. Yeah. But even to go specific to his comments that like we feel entitled to art- artificially inseminate a cow, like in general that is that is better for that cow. It's safer than a, yeah. It's yeah. safer than having a bull. All that stuff. So, I mean, and then yeah. to go to the steal the baby part, that too, in general, is safer that, um, you know, that they're put in a spot and given, you know, milk properly and all that. And they're taking care of putting their own individual huts where they can, you know, grow individually and, and do that. So that that part and then the, the take her milk part. And it's like, well, if you don't milk a cow, that also isn't good for her as well. So it's I, just all of those that part of it it just really just made me squirm because it was like well i I mean i i just see how well we treat these animals which is a good thing um and in some ways you know obviously if we didn't have their milk we wouldn't they wouldn't have a life at all so i think what's been great about the response there's been a lot of responses um from agriculture but a lot of these I've seen a lot of farmers on Twitter and stuff inviting him out to come oh, and yeah. actually look at a farm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's the best response really is come out, see what farms are doing, go on farm tours. Um, you know, before you start talking bad about anything, it's good to learn about it and see what's going on. So I, hopefully he takes somebody up on that offer and actually gets to see what dairy looks like because I doubt he's been on a farm. Right. That's the frustrating for me and why I added it to this podcast was it just it just frustrates me on the – on the, uh, they're just uneducated, right? I mean, I don't go talking about movie star, move, making a movie or doing anything that they're doing because I have no idea what how what it takes to make a movie or yeah. how much work he puts into getting into character, or losing weight or gaining weight or whatever. I mean, those people work hard too, but I don't. We don't go around talking about that, and they have the stage, right? They have millions of people watching on tv and athletes can do the same thing yep yeah they they have this platform as as entertainers that <clears throat> they can use and um you'd hope it'd be an informed use of that platform but it, it isn't always that way so I, I was hoping somebody else would adam driver he's uh, he's kylo ren so i was like and it wasn't for kylo ren it was for some <laughs> marriage movie yeah yep. leo was up there you know nominated antonio banderas and jonathan price so it was like, oh, if any one of those guys could have won, Leo, you know, it's sweet. <laughs> you wanted but Kylo Ren to win. Kylo Ren. It was, yeah. I, I, I haven't well, seen any of those Kylo movies, Ren, but so not for I, being Kylo Ren. Yeah, not, yeah, not for. No, well, he, just, he usually Adam Driver though is fairly level headed. You know, like 
it just seems like it, those are the guys I'm rooting for now. Is these guys that aren't right pushing the ones that pushing their agenda necessarily? Yes, yeah. agenda. Yeah, yep. yeah. So, are we spraying any Phoenix herbicide yeah. next year, Bill? Or <laughs> no, probably not. They got to look at changing the name. <laughs> yeah, of that. right. They better change it. I I don't know that I'll. I be, thought that would be in your U applied what. That would be better, yeah. I should, but I don't know that I'll be running I don't to know the movie if, theater to watch if, any of. If Valent has got to change their Phoenix herbicide to something else, but I. All right. Well, since we're talking about herbicides, let's go into right. you applied what? What did you do? So, Bill, I'm just looking at the names here, and I'm guessing we're we're talking about uh, nitrification inhibitors. Yep. Yep. So this will be a layup, guys. I'll admit. You know, we're up late Don't writing the me. writing the podcast, so we're writing it late, just kind of a layup. But just wanted to, you know, talk about end inhibitors because we're doing fertilizer recommendations and crop plans now for planning for next year, and we just don't want to forget about any of those products you wanted to add because let's remember we've had really, really wet summers, and we want to keep the nitrogen that we spend right. Yeah, we, we don't want it to leach. We want to have our nitrogen being used by the plant. So, yeah, good product. So, here's, here's my four. And I think if you get this wrong, we better have some issues here. So, <laughs> first one, hold my N. Second one, which which is great because we're drinking beer here and hold my beer. Yeah. So I, And that wasn't even predicted. Agritain Instinct is the third and ESN is the fourth one. So, Max, you can go first. I'm going to I'm going to mm, I think I'm going to have to go with hold my end on hold that one. Yeah, I think it's I I really want somebody to come up with hold my end now just because I right. think the, the marketing speaks for itself. Uh you think you're going to leech? Hold my end. Yes. Uh it just I think there's a lot we could do with that. But yeah, I don't believe that is an actual uh, product. I see that is correct. And you know, we get these names though, like more than manure, better. What is that one? Is that more than manure? Yep, more yeah. than manure, yeah. You know, it's better like so. Manure, yeah. yeah, maybe that could be. So, yeah, if anyone out there's a marketing agency, maybe you'll be holding my end at some point with your nitrification inhibitor. I take check or cash, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. I yep. think I lost my my uh, chance at being a marketing genius for somebody. I had yeah. a pretty bad pretty bad run there on uh, you played what? <laughs> I will say. Last summer we did a lot of ESN, and some of the best corn yields I had was on fields that had ESN that coated urea because of all the all the all the, all the rain we had. Yeah, no, I was recommending a lot more ESN last year too, just because of the weather. So, yep. So don't forget your nitrification inhibitor. So all right. Well, just to recap, we talked about adaptive management and P trading. Spotlight, China approved Enlist E3 soybeans for import. Wisconsin FFA Alumni Convention is celebrating 40 years this year. In our cool beans, more pizzas getting eaten. Ninja Turtles would be proud. And that's corny was the Hollywood staple of talking about our agriculture and what's wrong with it rather than trying to learn about it themselves with Joaquin Phoenix. You applied what? We had nitrification inhibitors. So, great episode. Thanks for being here, guys. Thanks, Matt. Yep, yeah, thanks. thanks for having us, Matt. And as, as always, happy farming. <laughs>